The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory to God. Never, ever take for granted the presence of God. Never, ever take for granted the presence of God. It's what's more than gold. It's what more than money. It's what more than anything. If this is all we just do in the service today, I'm, I'm full. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just one more time, just say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The gift of your presence, the gift of your glory, the gift of your power, the gift of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Last week, we began to talk about supernatural living. And then we talked about revelation. How that the Christ is revealed in us. And how that supernatural life is actually the life of Christ. And that life comes by revelation. It doesn't come by study. It doesn't come by being taught. It comes by revelation. John 10.10 10 says, Jesus has come to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. And we analyzed that life and, 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 and concluded that that life is a supernatural life. And that it is abundant. In the presence of God. And there is nothing we do. That should be. That we should desire more. Than to have that life. We learn that the supernatural exists. So that it can be maximized. And that it's a place of total dependency on Christ. That in the supernatural. You and I depend totally on Christ. And we are not of ourselves. But we are of Christ. We also learn that it is the best place of every believer. And it is the place where God dwells. And it's the place of the spirit. And we saw also that God cannot be figured out. We cannot figure him out. There is no teaching to explain what just happened. There is nothing. You can't get it from a class. You can't get that experience from a class. That presence, that anointing can only come but by the Holy Spirit. By the presence of God. You can't fake it. You can't figure it out. You can't try to make it happen. No. If his presence is not there, his presence is not there. So today, I want us to look at the supernatural living as it relates to restoration. How living supernaturally means that you and I have been brought into a life of continual restoration. That we are continually being restored. That every day we live on this earth, we are being restored. And restoration can happen in two ways. You can be restored by if, what, what, if something was stolen from you, if something was taken from you, can be restored to you. 
restoration can happen that way. And then restoration can also happen if what ought to be yours is now given to you. So you don't know that it's yours, but heaven knows that it ought to be yours. Jesus said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, she is who? A daughter of Abraham. But Jesus said, ought not this woman, being in Christ, ought not this woman, who is saved, ought not this woman, who speaks in tongue, ought not this woman, who is, who is close to God, who prays, who fasts, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed. That was her restoration. But she didn't have it. But Jesus said, ought not her, being not a Gentile, being not a sinner, being not the Pharisee, but being a daughter of Abraham. So restoration can happen to you if who you are in Christ Jesus, you are not experiencing it yet. So Jesus is saying that you are in Christ Jesus and that you are in me and that you are a daughter, you are a son of Abraham. You ought to be restored. So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? Meaning that every child of God, every believer, everyone that names the name of Jesus Christ is qualified for restoration. Everyone that calls Jesus Lord. Everyone that says I am of the seed of Abraham. Everyone that says God has saved me. God has redeemed me. Qualifies for restoration. Qualifies for what ought to be yours to be given to you. I prophesy to you today. Everything that is yours. That heaven has marked out for you. Will come your way in the name of Jesus. Everything that heaven is saying. Ought not this woman, ought not this man come into this inheritance? I decree in the name of Jesus. It will come to you in Jesus' name. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed? But she's a daughter of Abraham, yet she was bound. She's a daughter of Abraham, yet she was bound. Ought not this woman be loosed? Ought not this woman be loosed from that infirmity? So restoration can happen that way. And in both scenarios we see that God expects us to engage the supernatural in achieving that restoration. God expects you and I to embrace the supernatural when we want to see restoration. Either something that was taken from us or something that ought to be ours. God expects us to embrace the supernatural. To look at the life of the spirit. To look at Jesus and see how we can get these things. Hallelujah. So we are restored in what was stolen and restored in what we ought to have. So not that it was stolen alone that we demand restoration, but the fact that we ought to have it. But we do not have it. But Jesus identifies it. Heaven identifies it. And said, ought not this person to be living in his own house? Ought not this person to be free from this sickness? Ought not this person not to have this disease? Ought not this person not to be broke, busted, and disgusted? Ought not this person to be living in the supernatural? Though the person is a daughter of Abraham, though the person is in Christ Jesus, though the person is saved, but Jesus is saying, when you are not experiencing it, you ought to have it. You ought to have it. What you lost can be restored to you. And I decree in the name of Jesus, 
If there's anything that you have lost under this grace, under this anointing, it comes to you in the name of Jesus. I decree that it doesn't just come, but it come in a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, if the thief is caught, he shall restore sevenfold. And um, Zacchaeus said, if I've taken anything from anybody, I will restore. I decree when your restoration comes, it comes in multiple fold in the name of Jesus. Everything that the enemy has taken from you, I call it back with double fold restoration in the name of Jesus. The anointing that causes things to restore in your business, your job, everything that concerns you in your family, everything that looks like it's been stolen from you. Today, I command in the name of Jesus, let it be restored in Jesus' name. You ought to have restoration. Jesus was not concerned. Whether a thief took it, he wasn't concerned. Whether someone stole it, he wasn't concerned about all those things. But he said, as long as you are a daughter of Abraham, as long as you are a son of the kingdom, you qualify for restoration. I don't care who stole it. If you ought to have it, you will have it. I decree in the name of Jesus, everything that you ought to have in the kingdom of God, I call it to you now in the name of Jesus. It comes to you. It comes to you. What you lost can be restored to you. John 11 from verse 1. Read about a man, Lazarus. The Bible says the man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters, they sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is sick. He's a friend of Jesus, but he's sick. He's a daughter of Abraham, but he's lacking. He's a son of Abraham, but there's something missing. There was something broken. They said, Jesus, your dear friend is sick. Someone would have thought that being a friend of Jesus means that you won't fall sick. Being a friend of Jesus means that bad things will not happen. Being a friend of Jesus means that some unpleasant situations may not happen to you. And then life comes to us and people come around us and say, I thought you were a Christian, but look at what is happening. I thought you were a believer, but see XYZ is happening. And they said, Lord, your dear friend is sick. Why did they say your dear friend is sick? But because they realize being a friend of Jesus, why should he be sick? So they said, Jesus, your dear friend. Why didn't they say our brother? Why did they say your dear friend? Because they are associating him with Jesus. Oh my God. They are associating him with Jesus. Knowing that in Christ Jesus, he ought not to be sick. He ought not to. So Jesus, your dear friend is sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. I decree, in the name of Jesus, as long as you are in Christ Jesus, everything that comes against you will not end in death. In the name of Jesus, you will overcome. You will come out stronger. In the name of Jesus, they thought they've seen the last of you. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus, everything that you encounter that comes in form of sickness, that comes in form of death, I decree it will not end in death. In the name of Jesus, because you are connected to heaven. It says, no, 
it will happen for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I decree again. Everything that has happened to you, it will come out for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. It says so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Verse 5, he says, For although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, Let's go back to Judea. Let's go back. The Bible says, Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, but he stayed for two days. He stayed for two days. He stayed. He said, but his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Jesus is our light. Hallelujah. He said, then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go and wake him up. Oh, now I will go and wake him up. Listen, when Jesus steps in, no matter how dead it is, when he steps in, it comes alive. So I decree and declare, everything that appears to be dead, no matter how long it has been, as Jesus steps in this week, it comes alive in the name of Jesus. I say it comes alive in Jesus' name. It comes alive because he is the light. And he has come. He has come. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. God knows the state of the situation. He knows the hopelessness of the situation. Yet he says, even if it is dead, I am the God of restoration. I decree and declare, if anything is coming against you now, and the world looks like it is dead, the restoration power of God comes upon it now in the name of Jesus. Every dead situation, I call it to life in the name of Jesus. Every dead situation, I call it to life in the name of Jesus. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I am glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciple, let's go too and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. She recognized that being associated with Jesus qualifies you for certain things. But what she didn't realize is that God is not disturbed about how dead the situation is. He's not bothered about how most difficult it looks. 
But she said, if you had been here, Jesus said, you don't understand. Whether I'm here or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is that any time I show up, whatever the situation is, it comes alive. Any time I show up, even if it's been dead for two days, it's been dead for four days, it's been dead for one week. Any time I show up, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. I am the resurrection and the life. He said, if only you had been here. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, he said, your brother will rise again. And she said, yes, I know. He will rise. Everyone will rise on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live again. Even after dying, oh glory. Even after dying, whatever the situation it is completely dead. They have closed it. No more. They are not accepting anybody. I decree. Because of you. It comes alive in the name of Jesus. No matter how closed the door is. I decree concerning you. Because of you. It comes alive in Jesus name. Everyone who lives in me. And believes in me. Will never die. Do you believe this matter? Yes, Lord, she told them. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house, consoling Mary, saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her. Let's go. She's going to weep. Let's go and weep with her. Let's go and mourn with her. Let's go and, and console her. You know? So when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. The same thing Martha said. If only you had been here, he would not have died. Jesus said, you do not understand. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing, he was angry. He was angry. The Bible says a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Why? Why? Because he realized that do you know who is standing before you? Do you know the life that you carry? Do you know the supernatural that you're supposed to be experiencing? Do you know the one that is before you? That I'm the one that comes and dead things come alive. When I show up, dead things come alive. He said, do you know? So Jesus was angry. He was angry, he was angry and troubled. And looked around and said, where have you put him? He asked. Then they told him, Lord, come and see. And the Bible says, verse 35, Jesus wept. Why? He said they did not realize. They did not know that ought not this guy being the friend of Jesus. Ought not him being a friend of Jesus receive supernatural life. Ought not him being connected to the anointed, connected to the grace, connected to the Christ, receive supernatural life. Whether or not the situation is dead, it doesn't matter. As long as I show up, life shows up. So what God sees is completely different from what we see. And how we see. But you and I need to come to a place where we get on the same platform with God. We see the same thing he's seeing. We hear the same thing he's hearing. So verse 36, it said, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved them. 
They thought that Jesus was weeping because he loved them so much. Jesus was weeping because they didn't realize that he's right there. He is the resurrection and life. Imagine the situations that we are going through. And then we, we think that it's all dead and gone. And Jesus is saying, look, I am here. I've showed up. Life should come out. I've showed up. Light should come out. Life should come out. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Listen, listen, listen. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? I don't care. The mistake was your own. Yes. It does not matter. As long as Jesus shows up, life shows up. As long as he shows up, light shows up. It does not matter who made the mistake. It does not matter who is at fault. But when Jesus shows up, life shows up. I decree. Every mistake that looks like a mistake, that you have termed, oh, it was my fault. I caused it. That's why it's ended like this. I decree. Jesus is showing up for you. Jesus is showing up for you. In the name of Jesus. Everything will turn out for good. In the name of Jesus. It does not matter. It does not matter. Jesus was very angry. And he arrived at the tomb. And he told him, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. And the sister said, he was thinking by now, it's been four days. Jesus, in verse 40, said to them, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Listen to me. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever that looks difficult, believe God today. It will turn out for your glory in the name of Jesus. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all those people standing here. So that they will believe you sent me. And Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes. His face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Listen to me. Whatever appears to be dead, whatever been taken from you, forcefully, however it is taken, under this anointing, I decree, it is restored to you in the name of Jesus. It is restored to you. It is restored to you. Clearly, Lazarus was a hopeless case. And four days, but when light showed up, when life showed up, everything came alive. Everything came alive. Glory to God. Turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 from verse 13. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Romans chapter 4. Are you there? From verse 13. He said, For the promise that he will be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of, who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void. And the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings out wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, 
so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith, of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead. Hallelujah. Who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Glory to God. Verse 23. Now it was not written for his sake only that it was imputed to him but also for us it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Abraham had something that belonged to him. The promise was to him. He was not yet walking in it, but it was his. It was promised him. It was his own. He ought to be the father of nations. He ought to be the heir. He ought to be the one that, would, that, Je that God would, would, would wish to bless the world to whom through the nations will come out. He ought to be. But it wasn't his own yet. But it was a promise. It was a promise. But God is showing us here that even if it ought to be his, because of restoration, because Jesus has come, he calls those things which be not as though they were. No matter how dead the situation is, if it ought to be yours, it will come to you. That's what the scripture is saying. So Abraham stood here. He stood with the promise. The promise was, was his. It wasn't his own yet, but it was his. God had promised it to him. So he stood and stood with that promise. That okay, if this is what God has promised me, if this is, if this is what, who God says I am, and he calls those things that be not as though they were, then I take position in that grace. I take position in that anointing. I take position under that promise. And I obtain what is mine. I obtain what is mine. I obtain what is mine. He said, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. So Jesus took that position because of us so that what ought to be ours will come to us. What ought to be ours? What ought to be ours? He says it's for our benefit. It's for our benefit. He raised up Jesus from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins and was raised to life to make us right with God. So because of us, because of us. So Jesus did all these things so that you and I can enjoy restoration. The things that ought to be ours. We don't know it yet, but they belong to us. It's the promise of God. 
But when we stand in Christ Jesus, we begin to experience this. When we stand in the newness of life, when we stand in the, in the revelation of that abundant life that Christ has come to bring to us, we begin to experience this. Though they ought to be ours, but they're not ours yet. But the Bible is saying that Jesus was, died for our justification. He died so that we can have those things. So when we stand in Christ Jesus, we are saying that the things that ought to be mine are restored. They are restored. They are restored. So we call those things that be not as though they were. Why? Because they ought to be ours. They ought to be ours. So we are not calling things that, that are, not a, are not in existence. We are calling things that are ours, but they are not ours yet. So they ought to be. We call them, but they are not now. So we call them to be. Hallelujah. We call them to be. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. From verse 16. It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That's how we enjoy supernatural living. That's how we enjoy everyday restoration. We behold Him and then we're changed. We behold Him and then we're transformed. We behold Him and then the veil is removed. We behold Him. And then we begin to reflect the glory of God. We begin to reflect the exact image of Jesus Christ. We begin to reflect the image of restoration. We begin to reflect the image of who we ought to be in Christ Jesus. We behold him every day. Every day. You don't joke with the presence of God. Every day. You behold that presence. That presence is what brings that restoration. It brings, so restoration, like I said before, is not just what was taken from you. It's also what you ought to have that you do not have now. So when you come into Christ and begin to embrace that supernatural living, that, was, that thing that, is, that ought to be yours begins to come to you. It begins to come to you. Because you, you begin to reflect the glory of God. You begin to reflect the glory of God. You begin to reflect the image of Christ. And everything that is in Christ is complete. Everything that God has done in Christ is complete. So you are reflecting that completion. In your finances, you are reflecting the completion. In your marriage, your, your relationships, your family, you are reflecting that, that completion. In, on your job, you are reflecting that completion. Everywhere you step into, you are reflecting that completion. Because you are looking at Jesus. You are looking at him. He's the replica. He's the replica. He's the replica. He's the replica of the Father. He's the replica of the Father. Hallelujah. He's the replica of the Father. Glory to God. So you and I stand complete. We stand in a position where God has set everything in order. Has put everything on our part. So when we step into life, when we step into the experiences of everyday living, they ought to be supernatural experiences. They ought, we ought to have supernatural encounters every day. Every single day. We ought to have supernatural encounters. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So that is how to live supernaturally. By restoration. How that you and I have come into a continuous process of restoration. Continuous. Every day it happens. 
Every day it happens. Every day we're being restored. We're being restored. Either what was taken away or what ought to be ours is being restored. Lift your hands up to heaven. Say, Father, everything that is mine, every, say it out loud, everything that is mine in Christ Jesus, I call for a restoration now in the name of Jesus. Everything that I ought to have, being a daughter or a son of Abraham, I call for that restoration now in the name of Jesus. Rise to your feet and begin to decree and declare Call those things that be not as though they were. Everything that God has assigned to you. Everything that heaven has marked out for you. Just begin to call them now. In the name of Jesus. Everything that belongs to me. Everything that I ought to have. Jesus said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed. Be loosed. Be loosed from this infirmity. Ought not this man, being a child of God, ought not you, being who you are in Christ Jesus, qualify for xyz qualify for this and that name those things today restoration is coming in the name of jesus today the power of god is restoring whatever was taken away whatever that belongs to you whatever that you ought to have begin to call those things that be not now as though they were not because you are bringing something new but because you are calling in what is already yours because you are calling in what heaven has already assigned for you because you are calling in what the creator has assigned for you because you are calling in what Jesus has died for you to have because you are calling in what heaven has marked out for you everything that belongs to you everything that heaven has marked out for you begin to call it into being right now on your job your businesses your family relationships everything if you can remember the things that you know you ought to have the experiences you ought to be having now the status you ought to have everything that ought to be given to you at this moment by the resurrection and the life jesus said i am the resurrection and i am the life i am the one that gives life when i show up dead situations come alive when i show up light shows up when i show up every darkness is dispelled when i show up there is light so everything that spells darkness around you begin to speak the light of god begin to speak the life of god in it begin to speak and call them to be begin to speak and decree and declare in the name of jesus all these things are yours everything that pertains to godliness everything that heaven has marked out for you that they are yours call them to be the preceding message was brought to you by king's word everywhere nigeria email kmiafrica at kingsword.org